Welcome back to the reading of my book, The Boy. We are at chapter 13, titled, It's Getting Dangerous. Don't forget to like and subscribe and click the notification bell so you don't miss any of the chapters. And share this with those who you think will like it as well. Now, without further ado, here is the story. I am your storyteller, L.T. Bartek. Chapter 13. It's Getting Dangerous After retrieving his locket, Arthur was as happy as a lark. Things began to settle down, and the boys were having fun, playing all the different types of outdoor games close to the cave in which they lived. Days passed, then weeks, and though their food stock needed replenishing, they were doing fine. One day, while playing hide-and-seek, Dan got fed up with getting caught so quickly, so he decided to hide near the campsite they once shared with Alexis. He was familiar with the area and would hide in the spot where they had slept that night. He ran towards the rocks, changed his mind, and ran further to hide behind a large bush close to the road. He had just dropped down behind the bush, giggling to himself, when he saw Arthur racing towards him. He stood up. Oh, rats! You caught me again, and so quickly. Not fair. Then he saw the look of fear on Arthur's face and turned to see what he was looking at. Fear so intense was plastered across Arthur's face as he ran towards Dan, looking past him at something on the road. Dan saw the police cruiser slow into a stop, then continued a little further on the road and parked. Suddenly Arthur was by his side and pulling him towards home. Arthur, please, I can't run so fast, Dan cried. You have to. That police officer is coming to take us home. Oh no, we need to go, Dan cried, trying his best to keep up. He heard the crunching sound of running footsteps on the dried leaves behind him. The officer was gaining on them. He pushed harder to keep up with Arthur, who was dragging him by now. But he almost fell a few times. Then when he was about to go down hard, Arthur grabbed him by the way, saving him from hitting the ground, and in one quick and effortless swoop, Arthur picked up Dan and ran with him through the forest. Arthur was running so fast that Dan felt like he was on a moving train. He remembered what it was like, because when he was a baby, his parents had taken him on an underground train. He remembered his mom telling him it was called a subway. The name had sounded funny to him. This was how fast Arthur was moving with him now. Everything was streaking past so fast like on that train with him looking through the window from his mama's lap. In a matter of seconds, they were so far into the woods that he could no longer hear or see the police officer who was trying to take them back to the boys' home. With the officer out of sight, Arthur finally put him to stand. But before Dan could say anything, he was off again, running towards their cave. In a few minutes, he was back with all their belongings. The cave was about five miles from where he had left him. Dan was both shocked and devastated. He realized they were moving again. He loved that little cave and the fresh water from the underground spring that ran through it. Dan stood in place, shocked at the old event, watching Arthur run to get their things and return with them. 
When he finally dropped his bag and proceeded to put Dan's on his back, Dan ventured a question. Arthur, what is happening? How did you run so fast? And what are we doing here? They're coming to take us back. I won't allow that. I run fast because I eat my beans. Still shaken, Dan said, Beans can't make you run so fast. I had beans the other day and I couldn't keep up with you just now. You have to eat lots and lots of it. You're lying to me, Arthur, Dan screamed, shrugging and moving away from Arthur. I'm your friend, so quit lying. What is the matter with you? I'm a superhero. I didn't want to tell you because I need to protect my identity. Dan looked at him with both annoyance and anger. I'm leaving, he pronounced, and proceeded to walk back the way they had come. Dan, wait. Dan stopped without turning around. He stood motionless, staring at his feet, his thumbs wrapped around the cords of his shoulder straps. He waited for Arthur to speak. He could tell he was having a hard time coming up with whatever he needed to say. I, I, I'm, I'm not like you. I'm different. If I tell you what I am, you'll be afraid and leave me. But I swear to God I would never hurt you under any circumstances. You are my brother and I love you. Now trust me, please, and don't leave. I'll protect you for as long as we live. Dan could hear the sincerity in his voice and turned to look at him. You have to tell me what you are, at least. I do trust you, Arthur, but as your best friend and brother, I need to know. Arthur was surprised at Dan's show of maturity and stood for a second looking at him. He was seeing him in a different light. He was getting so matured and grown up almost as if overnight. He knew he could trust Dan, so he told him the story of how he came to be what he was. He never got a name for what he became, but based on books he had read over the years, he knew they had called people like him by a few names, Nosferatu, Dracula, Vampire, or just plain Bloodsucker. But he was more than what they said about people like him. He had all the abilities that books claimed that a vampire should have, but he could walk in the daylight. He was what they would call a daywalker. He had abilities, powers unimaginable. He was more. When he was finished telling his story, he half expected Dan to run off screaming into the woods, but he stood looking off into the distance, not saying a word. Arthur watched the play of emotions and realization play across his little face like the billboards in New York City. Then Dan turned to him and said, I knew something was different about you. So you promise not to hurt me or suck my blood? Cross my heart and hope to die, Arthur responded. And Dan simply nodded and said, Well, all right then. Dan looked around and with a puzzled look on his face he asked, Where are we? We're in the northern part of the woods. If we walk a few more miles further, we will be safe. I don't see any caves, but I can make us a shelter. Okay, lead the way, Arthur. With that, they were off again, trudging through the woods like two peas in a pod. Arthur was elated and almost overcome with relief. He had not expected this to go as easy as it did. 
He never expected Dan to accept him without reservation. He realized why he was drawn to this little boy. Dan was meant to be. Soon they reached a spot that had a lot of fallen trees and overgrown bushes. Arthur started to gather wood to make a shack for them. It didn't take him long because now he could display his abilities without scaring Dan away. Using his strength and speed, they had a nice six-by-six-foot space to call home in minutes. That night, Arthur checked their almost depleted food supply. He would have to make a run into town tomorrow, but tomorrow would take care of itself. It was dusk, and Arthur was preparing Dan's food. Dan used this opportunity to ask questions about his past and what life was like back then. Some of his questions were juvenile, but Arthur knew he deserved an explanation. And funny enough, it was almost therapeutic to talk about his past, his mother and father, and what life was like back then. It was also a huge relief that the truth was now out in the open, and he no longer had to lie about who or what he was. The major thing was that Dan had accepted who he was and wasn't afraid of him. After hours of talking, Dan yawned and decided to head to bed. Arthur once again went outside to look at the moon and stars and to be among the creatures of the night. Morning came and Arthur fed Dan the last of the food they had. After making sure Dan was okay, Arthur left to go into town to replenish their supply. On his way in, he stopped suddenly and sniffed the air. He could hear and smell a large group of humans coming towards him. He raced towards them because he didn't want them anywhere near Dan or their shelter. He had to get them away from this place. They were becoming too annoying for him now. So today, if he had to, he would kill someone, if that would scare them away and leave him and Dan alone. Also, he hadn't had any food and he was starving. He moved closer to them, getting within about 50 feet. Then he stopped and hid under a thick bramble. He growled under his breath, but only the dogs heard him. He saw the two animals with them start to howl and pull at their harnesses. They started to act wild and scared. He growled under his breath again, so low that only the dogs heard. Then he saw them bolt away from the group. He moved on scene a little closer. Then he saw that lady cop, the one who had stolen his locket, and he wanted her for his meal. His anger and hatred towards her were so intense that he would take her and kill her in plain sight if he had to. She walked towards him and he moved even closer, not caring if he was being seen. But she stopped and looked at something above his head. She wasn't looking at him but she might have seen him move. He didn't care. She stopped and backed up, and that was when he decided this was it. But before he could grab her, she turned and ran. He stopped. He heard her shout something to the rest of them, and they all turned and ran with her out of the woods. He stopped and stood up, looking at their fleeting backs, he was so angry with this woman that he couldn't hold back the rage that escaped him. It pulled at his little chest and burst out of his mouth. 
His anger manifested itself in a roar so loud it echoed through the trees, sending birds flying from their nest. He sniffed the air. Now he definitely had her scent. And he made a vow to himself he would be visiting her tonight. Now that we have come to the end of that chapter, remember to love yourself and others, and I will catch up with you tomorrow for chapter 14, titled The Monster Outside. Love you. Bye.